Hello, and welcome back to KHN's What the Health. I'm Julie Rovner, Chief Washington Correspondent for Kaiser Health News. I'm usually joined by some of the best and smartest health reporters in Washington, but in case you missed it earlier, this is a bonus episode to re-up my interview this week with Amy Howe of SCOTUS Blog. The Supreme Court agreed to hear arguments on that controversial Texas abortion law just last week, and we'll hear those arguments next Monday. So here's Amy's and my preview. We are pleased to welcome back to the podcast, Amy Howe of SCOTUS Blog and Howe on the Court. Thanks for joining us on short notice this week, Amy. Thanks so much for having me. It's always great to talk to you. So we've been talking about abortion in this term at the Supreme Court for months since the court agreed to hear a case about Mississippi's 15-week ban in early December, a case we expect the anti-abortion majority will use to roll back or even overturn Roe v. Wade. But now they're hearing this Texas case first. Everything about this Texas case is irregular when it comes to the Supreme Court, right? Starting with how fast these oral arguments are happening? Yes, 10 days from the point at which the justices announced that they would hear oral argument until the oral argument, which is one of the quickest in recent memory. You'd have to go back to Bush versus Gore back in 2000, which for us seems like it was just the other day, but for some of our other listeners may seem like it was a long time ago. Um, to find one that happened faster than that. How fast was that one? That one, I think the second one, Bush versus Gore, as, as I remember, I think they announced that they would, would hear oral arguments on Saturday, heard oral arguments on Monday, and issued the decision on Tuesday night, as I recall. I was involved in that case uh, as a member of Al Gore's legal team, a, a bit player, to be sure. I was 12, obviously, at the time, but um, it so it was kind of all a blur. So I may get the exact, I may have the exact days wrong, but but it was fast. I was at NPR, and I remember it's like, oh my God, it's December, and we don't know who the president is going to be, um, which in 2000 seemed very odd. Somehow in 2021 doesn't seem as everything everything else is is even odder. But let, let's go back to the beginning of this Texas case. Um, what is it? actually do? The Texas case before the Supreme Court? Yes. Um, well, that is it is an interesting question, actually, in terms of precisely what is before the Supreme Court. The United States versus Texas, the Biden administration's challenge to the Supreme Court, the Biden administration came to the Supreme Court last week asking the justices to reinstate a decision by a federal trial judge in Texas that said that SB 8, the Texas law, was unconstitutional and putting the law on hold. Um, But that is not what the justices agreed to decide. The justices told the Biden administration to address a separate question, which is whether or not the United States can bring a lawsuit in federal court and obtain relief against Texas and state officials to prohibit the law from being enforced. For the people who have not been following this as closely as I hope many of our listeners have, how does the Texas law work again? So the Texas law bars almost all abortions after the sixth week of pregnancy, which is a point in which many women do not yet know that they're pregnant. Sometimes these are referred to as heartbeat bills. And there have been several of these heartbeat bills around the country. Many, if not all of them, had been struck down or blocked by courts because Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey, the Supreme Court decisions establishing a constitutional right to an abortion, say that there's a right to an abortion up until the point at which the fetus becomes viable, which is somewhere around 22 to 24 weeks. So 
uh, a law that bans all abortions starting around six weeks under the Supreme Court's current precedence is unconstitutional. So Texas added this unusual enforcement scheme. It said that the state is not going to enforce the law. Instead, it deputizes private individuals to file lawsuits with up to $10,000 in damages against anyone who provides or aids and abets abortions. And so it's this unusual enforcement scheme that it is at the heart of the second case that's going to be before the Supreme Court on November 1st. It was brought by a group of abortion providers in Texas. The case is called Whole Woman's Health versus Jackson. And many of your listeners uh, are probably familiar with this lawsuit because they came to the Supreme Court trying to block the law from going into effect back at the beginning of September. And at that point, the Supreme Court, a divided Supreme Court by a vote of five to four, allowed the law to go into effect. Um, Chief Justice John Roberts was one of the dissenting justices, and he wrote a dissenting opinion that really, in many ways, was kind of the, the jumping off point for the case that's now before the Supreme Court by Whole Women's Health, which is whether or not a state can insulate a law from federal court review. And so the Supreme Court didn't make any changes to the question that Whole Women's Health had asked the Supreme Court to review. That case went back to the lower courts. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit is supposed to hear oral argument on whether or not that case can go forward in early December. But the abortion providers asked the Supreme Court to leapfrog uh, that's a very technical term, uh, the proceedings in the Fifth Circuit and go ahead and, and hear oral arguments uh, right away. And the Supreme Court agreed to do so. And there's a lot of debate among the Twitterati uh, law professors and lawyers about whether or not, in a subtle way, the constitutionality of SB8 is before the Supreme Court because the question that the abortion providers asked the justices to hear is whether or not a state can insulate from federal court review a law that prohibits the exercise of a constitutional right. And so, you know, there is in, in some ways a challenge to SP8 baked in there. So because the court will have to decide whether or not it's a constitutional right in deciding whether or not this kind of novel enforcement mechanism can be used. That's that is the question. And so I'm actually going to be really interested that the Supreme Court's going to hear oral arguments 10 days after it announced that it would do so, the both sides are filing their briefs at the same time, which because the everything is so fast-tracked, it's, it's a little bit of an unusual move by the Supreme Court. Normally, one side files its brief 45 days after the justices announce that they're going to weigh in, and then the other side files its brief 35 days later. So I'm really curious to see what questions Texas and the abortion providers and the Biden administration think the Supreme Court is going to be addressing. And then we'll find out, I guess, at oral argument exactly what the justices think they're going to be addressing. In theory, though, the Mississippi case remains the case where the court has clearly put Roe v. Wade on you know, on trial, if you will, that that they are that in that case, in the 15 week ban, they're going to look at whether or not states can actually institute abortion bans earlier than viability, which, as you pointed out at the beginning, is the current Supreme Court precedent that says they can't. And they're going to look at Mississippi and decide whether maybe 
they can roll that back. That's not necessarily what they're trying to do in the Texas case, right? That's exactly right. And I think an important point is that when Texas filed its briefs last week telling the Supreme Court why it should stay out of these disputes at this point, one of the things it said was, if you decide to go ahead and take up these cases, leapfrog the Fifth Circuit, you should treat our filings as what's known as a conditional cross petition and decide whether or not to overrule Roe and Casey. And the Supreme Court didn't give any indication that it was going to do that. But it could. (laughs) All bets are off at this stage. Everything about this is so unusual. So here's the biggest question. How soon do we expect to hear a decision in this case before Mississippi or with Mississippi next June? It's hard to tell. You know, I, I have made so many predictions that have proven to be wrong. When I was getting ready for the court's order on Friday last week, I had various pre-writes. And the one scenario I had not anticipated was, of course, the one that they ultimately came up with. But given how quickly they are acting in this case, I would expect them to act relatively quickly in issuing an opinion. I would bet, and again, you know, I'm often wrong, but I would plan on them issuing opinions before the Mississippi case and before things are supposed to happen in the Fifth Circuit in early December as well. We could all be working on Thanksgiving. Last Thanksgiving, they issued an opinion at shortly before midnight on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. It's hard to top that one, but there's always room for improvement. (laughs) All right. Well, Amy Howe, thank you very much. And I'm sure we'll be coming back to you to explain this when we get a decision. Whatever that is. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, that's it for this special bonus episode of What the Health. We'll be back in your feed with our regular panel on Thursday, November 4th. Until then, be healthy.